0: When you need to know what's happening, it's, 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 it's time to get In the Huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. Look who's here, my man, Brian Baldinger. And if you're new to this podcast, first of all, thank you for being here. I'm Carl Dukes. Put him up along with my man, Jason Lock on four. We do this Tuesdays, Thursdays. We've done it all season long. We'll do it in the offseason as well. And in many cases, there's so much news that's going on. The offseason has already started. But we're going to focus on the games, Baldy, this weekend because I think we've got a lot of interesting matchups. Now, some people are looking at these games and they're going, backup quarterbacks, are these games going to be entertaining? We'll see. But I want to start with Chargers-Jags. Baldy, the Jags are interesting. And I think they're dangerous. And I'm looking at this game and I'm going, okay, I know they got Eckler and I know they got Allen and Herbert – but why am I so why am I apprehensive to look at the Chargers and say they're gonna go into Jacksonville and win on Saturday?
1: I think a couple of reasons, Carl. I think if you just you know start with the head coaches, like Doug Peterson, we've seen this this team go from you know having the first pick because they were the worst team in football last year, to being a legitimate playoff team, knocking off the Cowboys knocking off Tennessee at the end, the way that they did it, the way it's all coming together, the way the quarterback looks. And then I think people look at Brandon Staley and they go, hmm, is he really all that? I think think that starts with that. Okay. And then I think we just see, you know, the Chargers did play a lot better down the stretch, but then, like, you know, Denver just went up and down the field on them the last game of the season against their starters. So I think that some of that, and I just think people feel like Jacksonville's the underdog and they're at home and, you know, they, they saw that victory against the Cowboys. It was legitimate victory. And I think they just see a team that's young and hungry. Um, and I think that's kind of where it is. Like you could get deep inside it and go, okay, but there's Joey Bosa's back and Khalil Mack. And we know the names. They haven't done it, you know, yet either. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a, you know, Justin Herbert hasn't been there. So then you go, okay, which quarterback do you trust more? All that kind of stuff. I just feel like people look at Jacksonville, they look at the win streak at the end, and they go, this is young and hungry and at home. And, you know, they did, you know, wipe up the Chargers week three. It's, you know, four months ago. I don't think it has anything to do with what's going on now. But I think that's where it is right now.
0: Yeah, I agree. That score, by the way, was 38-10. But it was so long ago. I mean, it's like the Cowboys – Tampa game right you know it happened week one and we were all like yeah and then there's so much that has happened during the season if you're focused on that solely alone and going well they beat them before uh, you're not paying attention to what's been going on Brian Baldinger let's talk about Seahawks 49ers um because I'm with you on the Jags and and listen if the Jags advance (laughs) I just let me say this before we get to the the 49er game yeah you talk about Doug Peterson I just think, uh, Baldy, we're going to see five teams. There are five jobs that are open right now, right, in the NFL. Yes. Um, Colts, Broncos, right? Right. We're going through the list. And my point is, guys, we talk about this in the offseason all the time. you got to get the right guy. And if you get the right guy, it doesn't take long to fix these things. Mm -mm. The thing that Doug Peterson had going for him is they picked the right kid the year before he got there in Trevor Lawrence. They went and got the guy, that they made the right pick. But coaching, man, it matters so much. And I just think, Baldy, as we look at these jobs that are open right now, we'll be talking about it as the weeks go on and we get to the Super Bowl and beyond. These teams have to get the right guy, because if you don't, it sets you back three to five years, depending on how long you keep that coach, where the roster is and what happens.
1: I mean, same from the, we'll get to the Giants, but look at the Giants and what Brian Dable has done. He got the right guy. We didn't know Daniel Jones could be the right guy. It sure looks like it right now, but we'll get to that. But you're right. Um you 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 picked the wrong guy and uh you got to reset it. And you know, the good thing Jacksville had they had money to spend and they spent it. People scratched their head about Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram. You're right. looking pretty good right now. Yeah. Uh all, all those uh selections. So yes, I mean Doug was he took the year off, you know, he uh licked his wounds a little bit. And uh and he came back recharged, and he's making a big difference right now.
0: No doubt about it. All right, let's shift gears. Let's talk about 49ers Seahawks. Last time these two teams met in the playoffs
1: was the Richard
0: Sherman postgame. You guys remember that? Yeah. LOB! LOB! And everybody was like, What is this? A street gang? No, it's not, okay? But that's the infamous Richard Sherman rant. You know, don't you ever talk bad about me? That's the last time we saw these two teams. But it's completely reversed this time, Baldy, because the 49ers are the better defense. The 49ers are the team on the roll. The 49ers are the team that a lot of people think are going to get to the Super Bowl, like it was when the Seahawks played the 49ers back 2012-2013. What are you thinking about this game?
1: Well, you know, they did just play, and Seattle scored kind of a a late, almost meaningless touchdown with a minute to go to make it 21-13. It was 21-6. Seattle really couldn't move the ball. They couldn't run the ball and they threw it, you know, they threw it 44 times. They ran it 14. Like that's not Seattle's formula, mm-hmm. you know, Pete Carroll's running around, you know, riding around on a, a little, uh, scooter the other day, you know, after, uh, you know, they won and got themselves into the playoffs. And the fact is, is that this, is there's a formula to every Pete Carroll team. It's, it's run based, it's control the clock. It's sh- shorten the game It's error-free football. It's that that's, you know, and they, I don't know that they can play that style. Honestly, Carl against this 49er team that is so explosive. Um, We'll get to their quarterback in a second, but I look, Seattle can put up a fight because they do have good players in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And Gino has played well this year. He's not played as well late as he did early, but he can extend plays. He can run. He's, he's been tough. Like he's, they're three three tight end base team. Kenneth Walker is really a good football player, the running back. Um, but they they really need to run him. He needs, he needs it's one of those games where, okay, um, can Kenneth Walker get a hundred yards? I don't think he can, but he has to. Like he needs a hundred. Right. Uh, he needs a big run in there. All that. And then, you know, they 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 can't turn the ball over at all. They can't give any extra possessions to this 49er team. 49ers should be heavily favored. They are. I think it's nine and a half points. I don't know what Nick has it at. Uh, But, you know, it's 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 close to double digit, if not double digit, because the 49ers, they just don't show a weakness. And you can say, okay, if you even look at last week or the game against uh, the Raiders, you know, Devontae Adams made these circus catches against them. Some of them were touchdowns. And like, that's what you need. You need those type of plays to beat the 49ers because if you just line up and just okay we're going to march down the field in 12 plays well you know that's that's hard to do against a defense that has no flaws and has as much speed as they have
0: i know you are a big personnel guy obviously and i'm just looking at kenlaw armstead bosa warner greenlaw they are stacked i mean like this team it's an all-star team defensively right i mean to your point about there are no weaknesses I, I'm just looking at that front seven, and we said this, Baldy, maybe week six or seven, and I think you had the Falcons game, mm. and it was right around that time, and, and the 49ers came in and they were banged up, and the Falcons won the football game, and it was kind of like, eh, but they were missing like six or seven starters, and yeah. you said, Carl, when they get healthy, this is going to be a team. They're going to go on a run, and yeah. look what's happened.
1: Ten in a row, Carl. No. You know, the thing is is that uh, you know, the linebackers are ridiculous. Dre Greenlaw, Freddie Warner, even Aziz Al like they're they're fantastic, fantastic speed. But I remember um I was uh, I was doing the Tampa San Francisco game about four or five weeks ago, and I saw Nick Bosa on the field. So he comes, he he kind of like walks by and he nudges me and he goes, So you think Max Crosby is the defensive player of the year, huh? So, like, he heard what I had said at that time. You know, it's yeah, like one of these things, like, oh, Max Crosby, yeah. huh? So I go, but I go, Nick, look, I mean, you know, you're right in the conversation. I'm not excluding you, but Max plays every play. He goes, yeah, he does, except I'm, I'm getting ready to go win a Super Bowl, meaning I have to pace myself wow. for the postseason and beyond. Max probably won't get that, and he didn't. So when when, when Nick said that, it, it, it kind of like said, okay, this is Nick's time of the year. Like, okay, you can get 18 and a half sacks. You can be the defensive player of the year in the regular season. But his his goal is way bigger than this. It's about marching through the playoffs and winning Super Bowl 57. That's his mentality. So watch what he does now. Mm. Now that it's Nick Bosa's time of the year. Like now it's time, okay, the stats and the sacks and all that is nice. Here we are, you know, um, with the 10 game win streak. But now this is the real season. And I think a lot of guys, feel like that for the 49ers. I think Fred Warner feels like that. Like, I, I think there's certain guys with a mentality that they're there to win a Super Bowl. A lot of guys are there to get stats and get wins. This team, collectively, is there to win a Super Bowl. That's that's how they think. And I think, you know, I don't know if Seattle thinks like that right now. They got five rookies that are really good players. Tariq Cole, you know, Tariq is a really good player. You know, Charles Cross is a good player. Like, I don't know if they have that mentality the way the 49ers do.
0: Yeah, it's a great point. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes in the huddle with you, getting ready for wild card weekend. Guys, subscribe, tell your friends about us, like us, and make sure you're here to check out every episode. Um, Pete Carroll, just want I don't want to say there's a coaching advantage. I just think, I just think Kyle has a better roster right now, right? I don't want to say that there's a coaching advantage, but Roster-wise, because of that, Kyle has an advantage, but I do want to give him some props because oh, uh, because no he has done a really good job, um, and, and I don't know if we look at Kyle Shanahan as we look at some other coaches around the league, when you look at the job he's done, and he's been able to manage and maintain without these injuries mm-hmm. and all the stuff, everybody deals with that but baldy i've said this to you the guy is brilliant offensively man he just is and look at what christian mccaffrey has done since he got to to san francisco he was with the carolina panthers and they were "Ah," and you know we're going to get him the ball he immediately gets there and has an impact and that's all because of the system in kyle shanahan and i just think with the system and the defense Baldy, this is the team I think to beat right now in the NFC heading oh, into these I, playoffs.
1: I, I Look, I, I've said this now, that not, this is the best team in the NFC. This is the best team in the NFL. It's the best team in the universe. I mean, I've been saying that now. Now, can they be beat? Everybody can be beat. Sure, sure. Um, you know, it's just uh, – but, you know, what Kyle's done with Brock Purdy, too, like, you know, the, the the vision that Kyle and John Lynch had with the trade with Christian McCaffrey was brilliant because we all know Christian McCaffrey is a talented player, but I don't know if Christian McCaffrey went, I don't know, you know, pick a team. If he went to uh, the New England Patriots, and I'm not knocking Bill Belichick or anybody, but like, would he be the same guy in New England? Would he be the same guy in Detroit? I don't, you know, like this feels like this is the perfect spot for him. The way that they use him, that the, the number of touches he gets uh, inside, outside passing game, like and and then the complimentary piece to you know what we're seeing from Kittle and Ayuk and all the other pieces on that team it seems like the perfect uh, perfect fit right now
0: yeah it really is all right Miami at Buffalo Buffalo heavily favored Nick Costos was talking about this and we're going to talk with him um uh, but we he was telling me earlier that you know uh, <laughs> this this number should maybe be bigger because of the quarterback situation Bully, is this game going to be competitive with what you know about Miami and how they're headed to Buffalo this weekend?
1: I just saw them last week in week 18 against the Jets. You know, they couldn't score a touchdown. Um, You know, they put up 11 points, two of them on the final, you know, play by the Jets, uh, just laddering the ball around through the end zone. I mean, it was not a pretty offensive performance. And I'm not, nobody should knock Skyler Thompson. He's a seventh round pick for a reason. I mean, I think he was a throwaway. You know, he had some success at Kansas State and you know he has some he has some ability. Um, you know they're they're just a beat up team right now. I mean Tyreek Hill was in and out of the lineup last week. They did run the ball very well, and then you find out Raheem Mostert broke his hand. And can you play with a broken hand? I don't know. Yeah. I don't want that ball being put in a a running back's hands that's got a broken hand. I mean he's a target right now, uh, even if he's carrying the ball with the other hand, like you got a broken hand out there, like and you're you got the ball and you're running it. And he's an elite player. Like, he's a target for Matt Milano and Trey Edmonds and these guys on Buffalo to go, you know, make sure that you tattoo, you know. So they're just a beat-up team right now. And, you know, four weeks ago when they played on a Saturday night, um, you know, it was a really good game. You know, the the Dolphins ran for 188 yards that night, Carl. That was the second most they run all year. And, you know, Tua had success throwing to Waddle and Tyreek for touchdowns. And it came down to the end, and it was a great game. And if you said, give me that team, give me that Miami team, and we'll go back to Buffalo, like, okay, game on. This is going to be a playoff game. Get your popcorn. It's going to be fun. But we're not there. And it's just the the quarterback is really important, and there's a big drop-off, and the running back is really important, and having Teron Armstead in the lineup at left tackles, and they're just not there. And so then you're okay. Well, how do they keep it close? And I said, you know, yesterday on the network, Carl, I go, It'd be nice if Bradley Chubb showed up. I haven't mm. seen the astronaut. It'd be nice if Xavier Howard, you know, showed up and took a ball or two away the way we're used to seeing. Like, But, but we haven't seen those from those guys. And that's how, you know, they got to run the ball and they got to be able to get some takeaways. And Buffalo leads the league in turnovers with 27. They've overcome it because they're just that dynamic. <clears throat> but I, I just don't see how – I don't see a formula where you're going to keep this close, especially knowing – The emotion that's going to be in that stadium with the love for DeMar, what they did last week with the kickoff returns, like that place is just going to buzz. And you go, can Skyler Thompson handle that atmosphere at quarterback? What can you expect from him in that atmosphere? I mean, I I don't have high expectations. It's a great point.
0: Um, The emotion and, and all that's happened this last week with DeMar, and we wish him nothing but the best. But, yeah, it, it's a lot to overcome. Here's the bigger story for me, Baldy, before we get to Giants, Vikings, and, yeah. and Ravens at Bengals. <clears throat> what happens to the Dolphins quarterback situation and head coach if they get blown out? Now, I never want to pin one game on a higher fire. Yeah, But I said this to a friend the other day because he's a Dolphins fan, and I know the producer of this show, Dylan, is a big Dolphins fan. He, he said he might not even watch this game. Um, but he says to me, why in the world would the dolphins move on from Mike McDaniel one year, he fits the profile. He's had a good year. It's not his fault that two has been hurt. And I said, this isn't about Mike McDaniel. This is about who you can get. And it's always about if you can get somebody that you feel may be better. And guys, the rumors are out there, right? Jason and I talked about the Sean Payton, Tom Brady package potentially, no matter what happens if Brady wins another Super Bowl, if he doesn't there are chances that you could maybe go get a quarterback and a coach that could have you in the mix for the next two, two to three years. And again, that's a stretch with Brady, but I'm using him as an example. Yes. Baldy, what happens if they get blown out and, and and they are potentially looking to move on from Mike McDaniel because the rumors are out there.
1: Well, not just the rumors, but you know, the, the missing ingredient here is the owner Stephen Steven Ross. Like he's got a, he's got a big wallet. And he'll write the check. Like he he just wants to win. And so, and it doesn't matter if there's a collateral damage along the way. I believe the Miami Dolphins look, I love you, you cannot not love Tua. I know that's a double negative, but you, you, you Tua, but I'm concerned for Tua.
0: Health wise, health
1: wise. I'm concerned for Tua. I, I know too many players. Some guys, look. Larry Zonka was a fullback and a battering ram for a long time with the Dolphins. He's sharp as attack. You know, I know guys that played that position and aren't. And like, Tua has got a young family, got a young baby. Like, he's got to think about his long-term future. Like, the game is great. It's it's a lot of fun, but there's always an afterlife. I, you just have to be concerned with the injury history and then the concussions. And the Dolphins should be concerned. Yeah. You know, like, is this somebody that we can build with long term? I, I have questions about that. So, the Dolphins, led by Steven Ross, like, if they can go get Sean Payton and Tom Brady, and that has been rumored, and there's probably a lot of legs to that rumor, um, I'm not here to investigate here, Carl, but like, go do it. Go do it. Go, go put it together, you know? And so, there, there could be some turnover there, especially if this, regardless of what happens in this game.
0: I agree. I'm just telling you guys, watch out for that. That We'll talk about it next week if something happens between now and then. But, you know, Sean Payton's making his rounds, and nobody's talking about this potential situation because, again, Mike McDaniels is the head coach. They don't have an opening. There's no reason to, mm-hmm. but they might. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes in the huddle. Okay, you know I've not been on the Vikings all year. Sorry, Vikings fans, all right? Blow the horn, do whatever you want to do. I've not believed in this team. And here come the Giants. The last time they saw him, Baldy, they had to kick a a 60-yard field goal to beat these guys. And I'm thinking Brian Dable is going to come in and he's going to have an excellent game plan and they are going to control the clock and time of possession is going to get cut down. This is what I'm envisioning, Baldy. And all of a sudden, that explosiveness that all the Vikings have is going to get minimalized and this is going to be a tight game. And what happens when these games are tight? The Vikings are going to choke. That's what I'm seeing this weekend. Tell me I'm wrong.
1: Carl, <clears throat> so why is it that people don't believe in the Vikings? Why why? why? Because I'm with you. Like, I don't like the record is the record. And it's like you can't deny, like, the wins are the wins. They found ways. And some Sundays, you know, there was no answer for Justin Jefferson. Um, and Kirk Cousins. Even the last time they played. I mean, Justin Jefferson had a great game, and Kirk Cousins didn't make an error. Uh, in a 27-24 victory but we look at a defense that's certainly not a championship defense Mm-mm. like Daniel Jones went up and down the field throwing the ball if Bellinger doesn't you know get the ball knocked out of his hands they might win like there, if if but i just feel like the giants in that game really made a statement in that game first of all for the first time all year you go okay they they have a real passing attack Patrick Peterson they went after him they went after Duke Shelley they went after and all these guys made plays, whether it was Richie James or Isaiah Hodgins or Darius Slayton, Bellinger, they all made plays. My thing is, I believe in Wink Martindale. Like, I believe he's a great coach. And at one point, when they were beating the Packers and winning, beating Tennessee early in the season, he was playing guys, Carl, off the street. Fabian Moreau wasn't on the roster to start That's the season. I usually just look at these guys. They had playing rookies out there, Nick McFadden lining up at corner. Well, they got Xavier McKinney back. They're going to get a Jackson back. They're going to get – some of these guys are going to return on Sunday. And we're you talking about just, the Giants,
0: Giants defensive coordinator, guys. Yes, uh, I'm, that's who yeah. we're talking about.
1: So – and Wink would love to be a head coach. Like, I've known Wink a long, long time. He's a great coach. And you just talk to Julian Love. Talk to his players. And they'll go – you know, you just say, like, hey, you know, what's, what's he do that's different, Julian? He goes, Baldy. Like, he – you know, it's like what Vic Fangio was as a coordinator, you know, mm. like he just knows how to put pieces together, knows how to break down your protections. Um, Like Kirk Cousins is going to get hit and he's going to get hit early in his game, Carl. And I'm not knocking Kirk Cousins on this podcast here. He's had success. He has. But we, we don't believe in Kirk Cousins in big games. We just don't. He has to prove it to us. Show us. You know, he's been in this league a long time. He hasn't showed big games. He can lay a clunker with the best of them. And I just feel like on this game, this is Wink Martindale's game. Like this game plan, you saw a lot of it last week in Jalen Hurts in week 18. Giants weren't playing anybody, but they still hit Jalen Hurts and chased him with free hitters coming from all, all different directions. You're like, where would that pressure come from? I hadn't seen that one all year. That's a pretty good one. Let me, let me slow that one down and see what he did. Baldy, they blitz more than anybody, right, in the league, per- percentage-wise. They yeah. bring more pressures than anybody. Giants? It's it, it, it. They they come. They is formation based, and okay, you can spread them out. Okay, limit the number. He, they still come after you. So they got They're going to get challenged in this game. And can Kirk Cousins and the offense have an answer for the pressures? To me, we can talk about Daniel Jones, and and he's played great. He's like Carl. People don't understand. He ran for seven hundred eight yards this year. It's crazy. Seven hundred yards. It's crazy. Like this is this is a legitimate, you know, two way threat. And he burned the Vikings in the first game with with a lot of runs. And so you combine that with Saquon and Dable and what what they're doing right now, it's like I think this is where the upset happens this week. Yeah. You know how I
0: feel. We will see how it plays. The NFL is a wonderful thing. You know why, guys? You have to prove it on the field. We can talk about it. We can do all this stuff. But at the end of the day, when these guys line up, it's all one on the field, and that's what makes it the best reality TV on television. All right, Baldy, let's talk about these last two games before we get out of here. ravens Bengals. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this simply because no Lamar. Now, we can address this next week as we talk about the divisional round, and if the Ravens in- end up losing, maybe they go upset the Bengals, and I'd be shocked. Me too. But, but this no Lamar situation is troublesome. It's... I don't want to say he's letting his teammates down, Baldy. I don't know the severity of the injury. Yeah. But what has happened, in my opinion, is the private conversations of a contract have become a circumstance that now he's hurting his team. This whole thing about, you know, securing the bag and being healthy and, and not putting himself in harm's way, and now you're not going to play in the playoff game? You know, uh, playoffs? Uh, are we talking about the playoffs? I mean, this is the, this what you play for? So give my team a chance. I'm a little disappointed. I'm not going to lie that when I heard the news, he wasn't going to play. I do not know the extent of the injury. And if it's more severe, then I'll retract that and say, hey, Lamar, you made the right decision. But it's bothering me, Baldy.
1: It's bothering me. It's bothering me. And it's a big question mark for a lot of others. And I'm with you, Carl. I, I never, ever want to doubt or speculate about a player's injury. But you like it's the old Willis Reed, you know, coming out for the Knicks, you know, on one leg and winning a championship. All right. I mean, we, we all have that vision growing up, walking, you know, watching Willis walk out, you know, on one leg and play and helping his team. Like you, I just feel like if you were really committed, you'd at least be on the practice field, Carl. You'd at least be on the practice field. You might be gimpy. You might. But you got at least. Go out there on the practice field. You you can be a healthy. You can be an unhealthy scratch on, you know, uh, against Cincinnati. But you have to be on the practice field That's right. and show show us show the team that you can't do this. You can't just stay in this hiding, you know, and say I can't do it. You know, the, the knee doesn't feel right. Like you got to kind of show, like because there, there are a lot of guys. I mean, I know Calais Campbell real well. There's a lot of guys in that Ravens team that are playing far less than a hundred percent. No question. I seen Ronnie Stanley out there on, on one leg a bunch of the times in the season, but at least he's out there and then he gets, you know, he, he's got a limp to the sideline. I don't know. He's just like, I understand, like, I understand the chicken. I understand yes. the, the bread. I get yes. all that. Yes. But this is a team game and they need electric Lamar. They're not going to get that, but they at least got to make the effort. I think Carl.
0: That's where I'm at. I mean, guys, we could talk about what the Bengals are. We know what they are. They're the heavy favorite. They're at home. We just saw this matchup last weekend. Here's the tr- – I think if you're a Ravens fan, you go, my defense played well enough in the second half to keep yeah. us in the game. We just didn't get any the offense, you know, and you said it. Would Lamar with a, a knee brace on? Would he be Lamar? I, I don't know. But just the fact that he's out there – Gives you an idea, or at
1: least the defense has to account for more things. Well, let me just go back to Lamar for one second. All right. Like, so I'm I'm, I'm here to defend Lamar in some way too. Like they just gave Roquan Smith a hundred million dollars. He's just, he's the highest paid linebacker in football right now. Yeah. And he's been there for less than two months. So I he, there's a part of Lamar that's saying, wait a second, hold on. He's like, right. I love Ro- Roquan. He's made our defense better. He's a great player he been here for two months. I've been here for five years. Like, what about me? Like, there is a part where you go, wait a second, they're doing this backwards. They're just doing this backwards. Like, take care, like, the guy that's gotten you to the playoffs and gotten you all these wins and been the, the league MVP. I think there's a part of Lamar that saw that happening this week, and they're like, all right, see you guys. Like, I'm checking out. Like, I, I, I don't know that. I'm just speculating. I'm on the outside looking in. For sure. So, and I've been in that locker room. When somebody gets the money and you're like, hold on a second. Like, I thought I was first in line because there is a line. There is a line. The there panel. is a line. There is a line.
0: Yeah, no doubt. There's a line in your job. I mean, you yes. know, I'm not saying, you yes. know, I'm saying the, yes. our listeners. No, no. Hold yeah. on. there's a line, that, you know, and if you put in the work, you've been productive, you've done yes. the, the job at a high level, and then the new guy comes in and gets paid. you What's up? I mean, like, yes. you know, I <laughs> yes. get it.
1: So uh, I'm with you, Baldy. All right, but, like you know, going back, going back to last week, like yeah, this Joe Burrow is just an amazing player. Um, did like, you like, did, did you see his quote? By the way, I, I just want to read this real
0: quick. I, ahead, I was please. I was looking at this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he said, and, and I'm going to paraphrase, but basically he was saying you can't be afraid in these big moments. That that is where he thinks he plays his best, and he was talking about. Playing with the swagger and the confidence, right? And and I'm a cigar guy, all right. I, I, I love stogies. I, 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 I'm a big cigar aficionado guy. So when I saw these guys bust out the cigars last week, you know, and I saw him do it after he won the national championship at LSU, and I'm like, that's my dude, Joe Burrow's yeah. my guy. But he's talking about not being afraid, Baldy, of these moments and. I heard him last week say, you know, they were like, so, you know, uh, what do you think about your window? And, you know, did you see this? And he was like, our window is as long as
1: I'm here. (laughs) Right. I'm going to give you a chance every year.
0: Yeah. It was like, you know, he was like, suck on it. That was his thing. And I love that about him, but I know you want to expound a little bit more on Joe. Well, I
1: mean, look, I mean, I have as much respect for Marlon Humphrey as any corner in his business. He's he's a great person. He is an elite player. And Jamar Chase is making these catches on him last week, Carl. And the throw and the receiver, Jamar—it's just too perfect. Like it's just okay. We're gonna just feed, you know, Kareem in the post. Good luck stopping stop the sky hook. Like you can't stop it. It, it feels like it's Kareem. Like you just—it's just that good. But the two of them, and, and, and it's just. it To your point about the quote, like Joe Burrow just knows that he can put the ball in the right spot for his guys to go get it. I don't care if it's Trent Irwin or Jamar or T Higgins. Higgins. Like he just has yeah. that belief in him. And he's just like, if you just break him down from a mechanic standpoint, you can't throw it any better. You can't be any more perfect in your mechanics and everything. Like he just has that. And he has a deep belief in his ability to put it in the perfect spot, play after play. And if you have to, if this game would come down to the final drive, you know, it was like yesterday was the anniversary of, John Elway's drive, you know, against Cleveland. Yeah. 98 yards. And it was just one perfect throw after another. Like, I believe Joe Burrow is capable of doing that in any spot against anybody to go win the game. Um, you know, if they gave him one more chance in the Super Bowl last year, he was on his way to doing it. And time ran out.
0: By the way, I watched the highlights of that. It's still incredible. Oh, Elway see, Elway boy. was freaking incredible.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean just, yeah. you know, and, and 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 they're showing the Browns fans and they have to go 98 yards and it was just yeah. like, oh man, it yeah. was so
1: good. I know. So much punch for every ran you know, every Brown fan to this day. It's just one <laughs> gut punch after another every yeah. year.
0: All right, last but not least, let's talk about Cowboys bucks guys in the yeah. huddle. Um this is wild card weekend. Remember, two games Saturday, three Sunday with the Sunday night game, yeah. and then Monday night Cowboys and Buccaneers. Talk about what we saw last week with these <laughs> Cowboys, uh, Baldy. What, what's going on?
1: Well, I mean, it starts with Dak. And uh, Dak is, uh, you know, the pick six. You know, he could add a pick six to play before that, you know, to Fuller. Um, late, um, late eyes, uh, just. But I, but, I, but I just don't see the timing necessary right now with him and CD and him and Michael Gallup. I mean, there's a rhythm and a timing to a uh, passing game. It's got to be the precision. And it's just not there. He's getting off his receivers too quickly. It's play after play. He didn't play well, but then they didn't run the ball well at all. They got no. whipped up front by Washington. I mean, whipped. And, you know, they, they juggled the offensive line last week. Jason Peters at left tackle and Tyler Smith moved into guard and Connor McGovern moved to center. Like they, they had to do this switch to handle the loss at the center. So, but they didn't play well up front. They got whipped, and so the running game was non existent. And then, so Dak is like, there's real question marks. I, I don't know what's going on, like whether you know that thumb injury he had week one against Tampa. Like, he's afraid that if he follows through, he's gonna hit a helmet right in a pocket that gets dirty and cloudy. Carl, like, I can't speak for Dak and how he feels, but he's <clears throat> he, you know, he didn't play well, it's more way more than just a turnover. Uh, but then. You know, defensively, they've got a big glaring hole at left corner. Like every time I look up, there's a new left corner: Trayvon Mullen last week, Kelvin Joseph, nation Wright. You know, they just signed Xavier Xavier and Rhodes. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, like Rhodes, might be there at left corner. Like it's a weird, it's a, it's, it's weird. It's so, a bad weakness, Carl. So, so let me and,
0: ask you, Baldy, real quick about Diggs. How, what's been the difference this year with him? I know you're you're talking about the, the, the other side, and they're, they've they struggled. Diggs hasn't played as well, in my opinion, that he did last year. And I know people say, well, they don't throw his way. But there are other things, even in run support. Some of, some of the stuff that I've seen, and I know you break it down, I'm just – he hasn't played as well as he did well, last
1: year. He, if he had 11 interceptions this year, Carl, you'd say he's playing as well. He just doesn't have the numbers. The numbers, right. But, you know, like A.J. Brown double moved him. I mean, he's gotten beat. You know, me, he's a gambler and so he you know he he gives up th- plays but you, you kind of live with those when you can take the ball away the way he did you know you think about the pick six against the patriots you know last year and, and like you know so when you put up numbers all everything else kind of goes away and if you don't get those and those things happen when they happen you can't force them you know and if you're not getting a lot of targets because the other side has been such a weakness then it really kind of shows up um But I just like I I did that game two weeks ago against Tampa against Carolina and Mike Evans just wore out. We talked about in the podcast. No J.C. Horn. They're going to go after that corner. And they did for three touchdowns. And, you know, going into that game, Mike Evans had three touchdowns on the season. He got three in that game. So, like, I just feel like, you know, that's a that's a weakness that Tom Brady sees. Mike Evans sees. Chris Godwin sees. Like, I believe they're going to really go after that. Whoever's playing that position. They're going to go after him, and if the pass rush doesn't get better, and the only guy that's winning with any consistency is Micah, he's making things better for other guys. Um, I just don't see Tank and Fowler and Armstrong. I don't see some of these guys winning the way they did when they led the league in sacks after you know 13 weeks. Uh, it's kind of gone away the last month. Tampa defensively.
0: I, again, we talk about their personnel. I'm just curious. What's going to be the key there for them? Uh, and if you're wondering, by the way, again, Cowboys, you know, we were talking with Nick about this this spread on this game. He thinks it's going to be it, – it'll be two and a half, three points when it's all said and done, uh, if you're wondering about the spread.
1: But what do they have to do, Baldy? Well, they've gotten healthy. They have gotten healthy. Like, Vita Vea is back. Akeem Hicks is back. William Golson is solid. Like, they're good against the run. Now, defensive end-wise, like, Joe Tryon Shoyanka – Uh, Anthony Nelson, those guys have played every snap the last three weeks. They've just been down numbers at defensive. Obviously, Shaq Barrett got, you know, was lost for the season earlier. Um, You know, they, so their defense, they're not getting great pass rush from those guys. So they got a blitz with Devin White and, you know, um, Todd Bowles has to get creative and he can do that. He's the, he's the pressure king. So they've got to create the pressure right now. And that leaves them a little vulnerable, Carl,
0: um, Mm.
1: if you can block their pressures up. To, to making some plays because they just can't get it off the edge right now. It's going to be a great weekend, guys. We
0: cannot wait. Where
1: are you at, my friend, this weekend? Uh, I'm doing the Hula Bowl on Saturday, so it kind of knocks me out. Uh, but then Sunday, I, I got to do uh, do some you know some my share of breakdowns on these three games Sunday. So uh, I'm not going to be at a game Sunday because of my m- commitment to the Hula Bowl right now.
0: That's fun. Well, I mean, come on, you, the Hula Bowl. Come on. Yeah. You, no, you, you, no, you. no
1: complaints here. <laughs> Place here at all.
0: <laughs> well, enjoy, Baldy. Have a good time. Looking forward to these games, guys, and we'll be back next week. We'll talk about the divisional round, what happened moving forward. We're counting down to the Super Bowl. The playoffs are here, and we're here to talk about it with you. In the huddle, Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, Jason Lock on 4. Guys, have a great day. We'll talk to you next time.